Hi guys, happy Yud Aleph Shvat. Um, I hope everybody is feeling the garden inside of themselves to some extent. Um, I'm going to do a brief summary on chapter Yud Test, which was the entire Tanya of, of yesterday. I did Shvat, Shabbos. Um, and then we're going to begin uh, Perek Chaf, um, chapter 20, um, which is the Tanya of today. It's going to be pretty brief because Baruch Hashem, we're going to have all week to talk about um, these concepts. I'm really excited. Chapter 20 is just gorgeous, like really, really special and really relatable and relevant. Um, okay, so let's just go with chapter 19 first for a minute. So chapter 18, right, starts this new discussion where the author was basically teaching us another way, an alternative method, so to speak, of getting to a point where we're sitting in the seat of, in the throne of our souls, where we can kind of be able to be Bainanim, you know, through having access to our godly soul, through having access to the space inside of us that is not just our animal soul, but the space inside of us that can differentiate between animal soul, that can see animal soul as animal soul and, and make choices about it, you know. The adult that can be there for the child, the mother that can be there for the child, the <clears throat> the godly soul that can look at the darkness, that can look at the trigger, that can look at the impulsive response based on the belief that I'm a fragmented person in a fragmented world and look at that impulse and say, I know that you too are part of the connection. I know that you too are part of the unity. You don't scare me. I don't feel I need to banish you, but you are not me, right? It's that the man is able to be in that space of making the differentiation within himself between animal soul and godly soul because he has access to his godly soul. And then from that place, he puts his both his hands out. He has that breath, that space of I am I, you are you, you are within me, you are a part of God's world, but you are not my sense of self. I I am my sense of self, my my wholeness, my connection, my connected person and connected world consciousness. That's me. You are a part of me that is actually here to raise me even higher, that's actually here to bring me even closer to God. And once I make the distinction between me and you, I can now actually come towards you and get curious about you. But I can't get curious about you if I am you. Then I'm just a Russia. Then I'm just Risha and Birsha Slibam. Then I'm just totally hijacked by my animal soul instead of being the adult, being the godly soul who can come to my to my animal soul. So we're talking about ways of basically staying in the in the throne of our soul um and we talked about one of the ways is like meditation and contemplation and learning chassidus really like getting into the awareness of like wow god is everything god is here but Alter was like yeah, but what if that's not working so then Alter in chapter 18 it brings up another way which is noticing that we actually have within us something called ava Masuteris, which is a hidden love it is a love that as we said in chapter 18 was given to us as a Yerusha, you don't have to earn it, you don't have to deserve it, you don't have to do inner work to have it, <laughs> you don't have to go to therapy to have it, you don't have to journal to have it, you don't have to learn chassidus to have it, you don't have to daven to have it, like, you don't have to do anything, it's by nature of you being a Yid, but by the nature of you being the child of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, you get this love, that's just the nature of it, um, and what is this, where does this love come from inside of us? What is stored in, in chapter 18, the author says it's in our Chachma. Why? Because what this love is, it's, it's really wild, guys. Like, we're not talking about like an emotion. We're talking about a state of awareness <clears throat> that Ein Sof is all there is and that I'm actually part of that Ein Sof. We're talking about such a deep, 
it's beyond the word knowing. It's it's a it's a chachma state. It's a it's a state of just deep. I can't. I don't even have the word because it's not a knowing or a feeling. Like we were talking about it on Shabbos that at, at Shul at the Engelson Shul, he was talking about. We were learning Ma'amar of Alter Rebbe, and Alter was talking about this love like water, which is very similar to this kind of love, and it's the state where like you don't even have to use the person's name. Right? What is a name? A name is when I'm over here and you're over there. So I call your name to get to you. But in the moment where we're just me and you, where we're so one with each other, I'm not going to say your name. I don't need your name. We're one. There's no separation between us. And that's the state of this chachma, this ein sof that's inside of our souls. And why does it come from our forefathers? Because our forefathers were a markava. Our forefathers were this chariot. They experienced their lives like this right? Avram had to send out his hand to go sacrifice his son because he knew on an intuitive level, his body knew that Hashem doesn't actually want me to do this. My body and my soul, but he also went and started to do it because Hashem did say to do it, right? So it's like from this place, like there's just, there's no distinction. There's no duality. There's no, I'm over here and God is over there, right? Or my body is, needs this, but God needs this. It's like my body, my soul, my mind, my heart, every single part of me, my, my like everything about me is is one with the unity. There's no, there's only God. So that's the state of Chavon, the state of Avam Suteris. Um, in chapter 19, the Alter Rebbe continues on and says, what does this love actually feel like? Based on that, based on what we know about the love so far, what does it feel like? And the Alter Rebbe says that this state of our souls, is like a ner Hashem nishmas Adam. It's this flame that desires to be one with its source. You go and tell a flame, right? Yo, uh, Dear candle, honey, if you keep, you know, striving upwards towards the sun, which is the origin, it's actually crazy. Dalter was the science in chapter nineteen that is way before way Dalter but this the science did not know what Dalter says in chapter nineteen about just the the nature of like earth, um, water, air and fire, like how I maybe it's different. I don't know. I don't remember exactly now. But the nature of how the world works in terms of these four elements it's like i don't know if the world knew that by the time the altar ever said this like the altar ever knows this because it's torah you know what i mean and it's actually this is that's the whole point that's really in essence kind of what we're saying here how does the altar ever know what the nature of the world is it's the same thing i said in a different class like how did the altar ever tell time in prison in the dark prison cell because to the altar ever there's no distinction the world is god god is the world there's only oneness that's that state of Avim Sutaris, that state of Chachma, where the reality that I'm seeing is not distinct from the reality of Hashem's oneness. It's Einoid Mavade. So anyways, Alter was explaining to us that our souls, we have the space inside of our souls that is this Neshama, that is this Ner, Nishmas Adam, that strives to have oneness with God, that literally its desire is to be one with Hashem. Why? Because that's the truth. That is reality. Um, and even when you can look at it and be like, but that doesn't make any sense. You have a body. You need you need a in the moment, as we're gonna see in a minute, but in the moment of self-sacrifice, when a person has to when a person's chachma is awakened, usually our chachma is very not so loud. It's covered over by all the klipas. It's in it's literally held captive by our animal souls. Um but in a moment of Mesiras Nefesh, our 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 Mesiras, our Ab comes out, our chachma comes out, and suddenly it's like, wait. I want to be one with God. And from that place, there's no distinction between my body and my soul. And that's why somebody could actually give up their life. You look at that person and you're like, what the heck are you doing? Like, you could have another 80 years to live. What are you doing? And it's like, no, 
life is godliness. Life is the unity of God. In this moment, I don't see any distinction between that. Noticing, noticing, noticing how it's the same exact thing as the way that the Avas lived their lives. And if you really want to get just, I don't know how deep you want to get here <laughs> for anybody listening, but if you think about the difference between, like, in Chassidus talks a lot about the difference between Avram Avinu and Rabbi Akiva in terms of their Messias Nefesh. And how Avram Avinu, he, Rabbi Akiva, he searched for Messias Nefesh. He, he, he wanted to do Messias Nefesh. He was like, when can I do Messias Nefesh? Versus Avram Avinu, he said, I'm going to do whatever Hashem wants me to do, right? I'm going to go into the world and reveal Hashem there. And if that ends up being Messias Nefesh, sure, but it's, it's not my mission. My mission is to do what Hashem wants, not the Messias Nefesh. And this Ava Mesuteris, it doesn't search for Messias Nefesh. But the Ava Mesuteris is that state of Chachma that says, God is everything. Thus, I only want to ever live in a state of godliness. I only ever want to live in a state where I'm aligned with that truth, where I'm aligned with that unity. Usually, the Avastaris is covered up, but in a state of Messias Nefesh, the Avastaris is awakened. It's not that the Avastaris only needs the, Mes- the Messias Nefesh. Do you get the difference? Like, the Avastaris doesn't search for the Messias Nefesh, but in a state of Messias Nefesh, it's awakened. But what we're going to be talking about in the upcoming five chapters is how to actually awaken it in our everyday life, too, because in its nature, it doesn't want Messias Nefesh, it just wants. Hashem. It just wants the truth. It just wants to live with the MS of what life actually is, which is the unity of God. And if, and, and like, that is something that we can actually <coughs> start to live with on an everyday basis. So, okay, continuing on, the <coughs> um, rest of chapter 19 essentially was just talking about how when our Avamusu Teres, when this place of Chachma is held captive within our animal souls, then we end up kind of living from this place of Klippa instead of Kedusha. And Kedusha is always synonymous with Chachma. And the Chachma is what holds Avisuteris. So just noticing that train. Um, and the Klippa ends up saying, Hav, Hav, give me. I need to maintain myself as an independent existence. Versus the Chachma, which says, I don't need to maintain anything. I'm a flow of God. And of course I need to eat. Of course I need to sleep. Of course I need to... But it's not Hav, Hav. It's not... I'll do anything to survive in this fragmented world, even put somebody else down, or even live anxiously, or even whatever it is. No. Or even do an Avera. The Kedusha says, I'm a flow of godliness, right? Klippa says, I'm an independent existence that needs to maintain my existence. <clears throat> so I need to, you know, in Esav's case, I need to sell my Bechor in order to get what I need. I need to give up on these whole entire, you know, parts of my higher self in order to to be okay. I need to give in to the anxiety, I need to give in to, <clears throat> okay, I just had my example was really just clear in my mind, but then it went away, but <clears throat> basically it's, it's any experience that comes as the result of the klipa, it's any experience that's like, I need to maintain myself as an independent existence in this independent world, so fill in the blank with yours, but what the Aldeva says in chapter 19 is he says that this is the sod galos hashchina, and we already said this before, but the Aldeva repeats it again saying, this is a mystery. The fact that the Ein Sof of my soul, that the Ar Ein Sof that is enclosed within the Chachma of my soul could ever be so covered over to the extent that I am not accessing it and that I'm only living from this place of Hav Hav, that I'm only living from this place of defense mechanisms and trying to survive and, you know, just getting through another day and like, needing to prove myself and all these different things. Like, that's a mystery. 
that is not natural. It's not regular. Like the nature of my soul is that I'm in this aligned flow with God where I see everything around me and inside of me as parts of the oneness. So it's so dwell sashlina. Um, and then what else does chapter 19 say? Oh, okay. Dun, 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 dun. And this is the last part of it. I'm laughing in my own head, but like <laughs> at the beginning of this recording, I'm like, I'm just going to briefly go through chapter 19 as if I could do anything brief. <laughs> okay. So I guess at this point, whoever listens to this, you can like just translate my words. Like if I say brief, I mean like regular time. <laughs> and if I say not brief, I probably mean overtime. Um, okay. So, um, yes, it's true that this is the Sodgal Sashlina, but there's a catch-22 there because on the one hand, we're saying it's the Sodgal Sashlina, it's this shame, it's this sadness, it's this, you know, bring them home. Like, this isn't natural. It's not natural for Yidin to be held captive in Gaza. It's not natural for our Ein Sof, <laughs> for our power of infinity, for our power of the knowing of who we actually are to be held captive within the klipa of our animal soul. It's not natural. And Alter says that as much as it's the sadness of it that it's held captive, just notice that it's never fully gone. It's the yid remains a yid even while they're in Gaza. My godly soul, the Ein Sof, remains me, remains alive, even while it's held captive by the animal soul. But it's sleeping and it's and it's and it's hard to access. But it's not that it's not accessible. And it's not that it's diminished in any way. It's just that I am not having as much access to it. And Altair finishes off chapter 10 by saying, but when there comes a test of faith, when I get touched in a way that's beyond rationality, that's beyond emotion, that's beyond just my daily functioning place where my, that my klipa usually responds to, suddenly something awakens me beyond just the regular daily grind. In this case, Altair is talking about a state of Messias Nefesh where you're being asked to you know, serve idols or, or die, right? Um, and Altar makes a very clear distinction. He's like, the idols don't even mean anything. Like everybody knows that idols don't mean anything. And yet still that person will refuse to bow down because the, it touched something inside of them that said, whoa, I know who I am. I'm one with the unity. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make a public display where I'm showing everybody that I'm not, that's, it's not true. And my, suddenly my body takes up no space because my body is just a conduit of the, of the unity too, you know? And Altarva says that like in that moment, it's like wax melting before fire. It's like the light is on and the darkness fades. And then when you don't choose, you're just, you're seeing clearly, right? All is one. And your body suddenly does not hold more importance than God's unity because your body is simply the conduit of God's unity. Um, so just noticing also that, you know, we call these people Kedashim, why did we call them Kadesh? Because Kadesh is the Chachma. And in this state, this person's Chachma was revealed. This the state of like, I know, I see clearly. I don't, I'm not anything other than the flow of Hashem here. And if the flow of Hashem is meant to, is meant that my body, you know, comes in the way, you know, like this is what it is. And just to, I don't know if this is, I don't, I don't even know if I want to go here. Maybe I'll re-record this whole thing after I talk about this. But, you know, just, current times <laughs> with everything going on at Eretz like these people are like mamish kadashim like you i i don't know if i've talked about this yet before in these tatna classes but like that woman um her husband alicia i love hashalom literally hashem should just kill all the hamas people just for the sake of this one family but she says that like when before he passed away she had like this one conversation with him for like one minute 
And he literally said, like, just what a chus he felt to be serving Am Yisrael through this war. Like, how alive he felt, how he didn't, he wasn't experiencing his body as separate from his soul, as as, as separate from his mission in this world. I, there was a oneness, his chachma was uh, was alive. Like, yeah, I might die, but the death isn't a distinction to me. Like, I, I see the oneness of the purpose of life here and of, of the preciousness of Am Yisrael here and of Hashem you know what I mean? And that's, that's Kedesh and that's Chachma being revealed. Or like, I was also thinking of like all the stories that we've heard over the past few months of like these kids, like literally kids, like these young Israeli people who sacrificed their own lives for the sake of another person, right? People who jumped on grenades and jumped, did all these things. Like what's going on there? It's not normal. Normal, we say, is Klippa. Normal, we say, is I need to protect my own self. And now suddenly you have this person who's jumping on a grenade to save their friends. What's going on? That what's going on is that there is a space inside of a soul, inside of a Jewish soul, that is this power of Chachma that does not make calculations, that does not get into debate of, oh, but is you, are you actually important? Like, I was just thinking, like, it's like the Messias Nefesh of the olden days, like, right now we're seeing it again, but just where we're seeing godliness in each other, you know, instead of in this ethereal, it's not, it's no longer like the idols versus God, it's now it's like, it's it's ourselves it's our bodies it's our so it's our it's am yisrael you know so hashem should this of everything i don't even know i it's so hard for me to actually feel this stuff like my body has a hard time handling it which by the way just noticing <laughs> to talk to you personally but like when i say my body has a hard time handling to feel the truth of what's going on what's going on there it's that those parts of me are more enwrapped by my klipa than by my godly soul. My godly soul can feel any moment. My godly soul is not afraid of emotion. My animal soul says, if you feel that, you're going to be too overwhelmed and then it's going to be bad and then you won't be able to function in your day and blah, 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 whatever. So don't feel it. Just stay numb. My godly soul says, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of feeling. Everything is Hashem. I can go there. You know, and there's a balance there because you don't want to necessarily just unleash yourself when your animal soul is in control that's the power of being to get to this place of my godly soul can hold my animal soul you know it's like the therapist being able to hold the client the mother being able to hold the child like when you when you know but hashem just bring mashiach <laughs> you know the same way that you're seeing your children now literally like you're seeing your children be in this way of chachma be in this in this state of beyond logic beyond rationality like i see a yid i see a jew i see Hashem, like, I'm going to go there without any rationality. I'm going to go 300,000 people. What is it? How many people went to go serve in the IDF just now? Why do they do that? Why are they doing this? And it's because their their chachmas revealed. They're seeing the, with clarity. And it's not clarity in a logical way. It's clarity in this way of that nature is beyond logic way. But the nature of my soul is that I protect Am Yisrael. The nature of my soul is that I, I bring Mashiach. The nature of my soul is that I, I don't, stop until everybody knows that god is everything and i don't and what we're going to be doing now is going into how this all applies to our lives because if there is a space inside of me that would die for god you know it's like what we're going to be doing now is finding the space inside of me that can also live for god and by for god i'm not sure if i've made this message clear enough even though i feel like i've said it twenty thousand times but like by for god we don't mean that i put myself aside and now i go reach you in that moment of Chachma, that person isn't making the calculation saying, I'm going to let go of my body for the sake of being one with Hashem. In that space of the Siras Nefesh, of the space of Chachma, my body and my soul are one and the same. 
my my body and my 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 parts and myself, my animal, my God. There's no there's no distinctions. There's just oneness. So we're gonna get to this place where like we can actually gonna be able to see our daily la our daily lives from this state of like not no differentiation in the way of like oh beyond all distinction. On the contrary, it's gonna be because it's actually so interesting. I I always wonder about this about why. The Alter Rebbe had to put Likuti Amarim before Shariachat, and it's very clear. It's because if we can't first make a distinction between our animal soul and our godly soul, then once we start having this conversation, which this is like kind of a miniature Shariachat we're about to talk about in chapter 20. And if we are going to start having the conversation about God's unity without first exploring the differences between like my animal soul, soul talks and my godly soul talks, and what's going to end up happening is that I'm going to be hearing the fact that God is one. My animal soul is going to take that and hijack it and make all these thoughts and theories about what that means that God is one and that God is everything and that Ena Mavada and that Ephes Mamish and all these things, right? That all these things are about to say in a minute. But if I can't first make a distinction between my animal soul and my godly soul, I may think that my animal soul's perception of everything we're about to say is the MS. <laughs> When really, my animal soul is going to have a lot to say about everything we're going to say. Oh, so I don't even actually exist. Oh, so nothing even matters. Oh, so if we're all just nothingness, then Hashem doesn't actually care about us, right? Like, all these theories that you could make based on what we're going to say, but ideally, we're at this point already by the time we're at chapter 20, <laughs> as if, but this is why the time to repeat itself again and again, but ideally, we're at this point already where we're already familiar with the way my animal soul talks and the way my godly soul talks my animal soul starts with the belief system of a fragmented person in a fragmented world i don't have essential worth i don't have an essential connection to god i am a homeless person <laughs> i don't have essential self from there oh so hashem says i'm i'm the fs Mamish. oh so i don't even matter whatever see how we just went straight there versus when my godly soul says here's stuff like that when my godly soul in, in awaken to this truth then well my godly soul knows it all that my godly soul knows the real truth this is just what we're going to say that it's when we when we get into that conversation of in a mavada and that we're i and f is mamish it's not that we're nothing it's that we're actually we're actually everything to god if we're nothing we're actually everything which we're going to talk about soon but we it's you can't have this conversation until you can first make the distinction in your own body and soul of the difference between when your two souls are talking so Hopefully we've done we've done that already, but we're going to continue to explore. Okay, chapter twenty begins with asking a question of essentially what we're talking about. In chapter twenty. Now that we know about this love, and now that we know that we have it, now that we know what it feels like, now we know where we got it from, da da da. And now that we know that if push comes to shove, if I was asked, if something touched me so deeply beyond my rationality and beyond my emotions that touched me in a way of whoa. I know that this is against the unity of God. We would be willing to do whatever it takes in that moment to not choose the opposite of the unity because my chachma would be awakened. Dr. Rosetta says, okay, great. That could happen to some people once in their lifetime, but like, what about me on an everyday basis? Like, what, is, what impact does this actually have on my life? And in chapter 20, what Dr. Rebbe is going to do is he's going to take God and the unity of God off of like the pedestal of like, oh, the unity of God, and then there's me. 
I am thinking about the unity of God. I am, I am talking about Hashem, right? And we're going to be literally creating a new way of seeing Hashem where it's not I'm over here and he's over there, but the unity of Hashem is this, like this here now. And how that's going to impact the way that this Avisaris is actually able to impact our lives, we're going we're gonna to go to. But you may already have made the connection in your own mind. Very, it's almost simple, but it's not simple because we're talking about concepts that we never usually think about. So, okay. And when I say that, the concepts that we never usually talk about, what I mean is like, we don't usually go to that place of this moment is actually one with the unity of life. We usually live in very isolated moments. I'm, I have to, we make we, like to-do lists, right? Like I have to do all these things in my day and the day is over and then I go to sleep and then I wake up the next day and I do a bunch of other things. Like our animal soul functions very minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, stage by stage, right? When I get to the next stage in my life, then whatever. When this part of my life goes away, then fill in the blank. Godly soul is another world. <laughs> Godly soul sees unity, sees. So we're, go- we're, we're entering into that conversation and it's just, we don't usually go there. It's just, it's fascinating. Okay. It is well known. Which is this, which is the thing that we've been talking about in the previous chapter that wakes up this Chachma. Which are coming from the two of the Sarasa Dibras. Actually include the entire Torah. That the that the Asar Sedibra is the one of Anayachi Hashem Lekecha, Kolarmach Mitzvah Ase, includes all the 248 positive mitzvahs, and that there you should not have another God, Kolarmach Mitzvah Ase, includes all the 365 prohibitive commandments. And that's why we heard, these two first commandments, that's why we only had to hear these two mitzvahs specifically from Hashem instead of from Aisha, because within those two mitzvahs, we actually heard the entire Torah. So it's really like we heard the entire Torah directly from Hashem. Now to understand this deeper, why and how and what exactly are we talking about when we say that all the mitzvahs and averis are included within so to get there, we're take that question, put it on the side. We're going to come back to it soon. We first must briefly speak on the idea. And when Alterba says briefly, Alterba says, if you really want to know all this, go to Shariachud. But this is just a short summary of what we're going to, what we talk about there. You must first briefly speak on the idea about what it means when we say that Hashem is actually one. Yachid umiyuchad, the unity of God. What does this actually mean? What does it mean that God is one? And I just love how the altar of a just so casually, like we're learning the Sefer Tanya, and suddenly the altar was like, let's explore what it means that the Hashem is actually one. And like just noticing, like from the altar of perspective, it's not like we are these like fragmented people who can also learn about the unity of God. Like, to the Alter Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe knows that the unity of God is, is me. It's my nature. We're talking about ourselves. We're talking about our lives. And to us, it's like we're talking about this esoteric concept because that's our animal soul living in this fragmented vision of reality. But to the Alter Rebbe, you can in casually in the paragraph say, okay, now we're going to talk about the unity of God because from the Alter Rebbe's perspective, it's not that I am over here and then the unity of God exists somewhere outside of me. 
this is me. This is actually who I am. This is my, this is my sense of self underneath all the layers, you know? So just noticing, 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 noticing. <laughs> okay, v'chol ma'aminim, all believe, this is, I believe this is from the Rambam. Uh, oh no, uh, this is from Rosh Hashanah Davening, or Yom Kippur Davening. The Chol Ma'aminim Shuv Levada, who all believe that Hashem is exactly one. K'mesh Ha'ya Kadim Shnevra'ay Lamamish, just as he was before he created the world. K'mesh Amram Atahu Ajalai Nevra'aylam, Atahu Mishnevra. That we say this in Davening, that you are he who was before the world was created, and you are the same one who was after the world was created. And while the author is making a differentiation here, he's saying that it's not only that you are eternal, that you existed before the world was created and that you exist after the world was created, but it's something much deeper. Parish who, the parish, the explanation of the term who in this Pasuk is who mamash, that you, like him, literally, that this him that existed before the world was created and after the, and after the world was created not only exists before and after, but exists without a change before and after. That from before the world was created and after the world was created, Hashem did not change. I Hashem has not changed. So just noticing that we're kind of giving two opposing things. We're saying that number one, Hashem creates a world that is not separate from Him because Hashem is everything. But then we're also saying that the world did not change God. So what's going on here? Because this world, and all of the other worlds, all the higher worlds, did not affect any change in God when Hashem created them from nothingness to somethingness. Noticing the Alter Rebbe's, this is so clearly brief. In, in Shariachad, what we just said is like eight chapters long, but the Alter is giving credence to, to reality. Yes, Hashem created a world, and yet in that same sentence of giving credence to reality, the Alter is also saying that the reality that Hashem created made no effect to Him. He is the same. But if, think about it. If I create something inside, if, if Hashem is everything, then if naturally if I'm going to create something, it's going to be inside of me. So naturally, when I create it, I'm going to be different, right? Now there's a difference. There's a new. There's a newness, and yet we're saying that no, Hashem has not changed. Just as Hashem was one and alone before He made creation, so too He is one and alone after the world is created. Because all is as not beside him and all is absolutely non-existent so dun 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 <laughs> animal soul says jumps up at this says oh i'm fs momish we're nothing okay whatever we're nothing i doesn't even know us i doesn't even affect us your animal soul make your own vision of what this of what we're saying here Maybe it takes us and runs with it saying, oh, so we don't actually matter. Or maybe it takes and runs, so we don't actually exist. Every animal soul, we don't affect God. We're nothing. We're these small people. We're like a pebble in Hashem's shoe. Like, whatever. But just noticing, if you notice out there his words, we're saying essentially that the world exists, and yet the world is one with God. And that the world doesn't exist, meaning... <laughs> I don't want to like go too fast here, just to prove the point. Like... It's, it's going to be an ongoing conversation, but we're really going to be getting to this point where it's not that we're nothing, it's that we're everything. And what that means is that if we're nothing, 
it's only when we're nothing that we can actually start being everything. Because if we're something, then there's God and then there's us. But when the author was teaching us and saying that we're nothing, what we are is God. What we are is reflections and refractions and manifestations of the unity of God, of the, of the light of Hashem. That's what we are. You know, when God says, oh, you're nothing, he's not saying you don't exist. He's saying you are me. <laughs> you're nothing, meaning the way that you have seen yourself until now as separate from me, that's nothing. It doesn't exist. Nothing exists outside of me. And yet I'm saying that you're here. So who are you? You're God. And the reason why it's important to have this conversation only from the context of understanding the difference between my animals and my godly souls, because now I can look at that. Oh, I'm God. Oh, I'm God. I am a fragmented person in a fragmented world, and I'm all that exists. And then you have Paro. That's literally Paro. I created the world, and the world is mine, right? That's animal soul taking advantage of this idea. Or that's Lava, and it's, uh, it's Paro. It's all these people in Hasidus that talks about all these different people, these characters in Torah who were tapped into the unity, but from a perspective of animal soul. When godly soul taps into the unity, what ends up happening is that I don't disappear, but I start seeing myself clearly. I see reality clearly, not because I'm no longer here, but because I see who I actually am. So, l'chaim l'vracha to this ongoing conversation. Um, yeah, I'm not going to try to summarize all that, um, but have a beautiful day and happy Yudal Shvat if you listen to this today. Again, just noticing that the garden is us. The garden is Hashem's most precious place. Iker shechina b'tachtaynam haisa. The mess is not an exception to the unity. The mess is not an exception to the garden. It's all one. It's all oneness. And Chachma sees that. And we have a place inside of us that sees that. And yeah, it's often held captive, but it's there. It's there. So, um, Mashiach, Mamish Mashiach now.